Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand is appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all the works of the devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance and error, all of this may depart from the tents of your holy people. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation, and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a mighty and powerful arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Returning to the Old Path of Good As a basis for our study of the Old Path of Good, we turn to the words of Apostle Paul, who by the mercy and inspiration of the Holy Spirit was successfully able to, in short and exact definitions, explain the consistency of the order that exists within the teaching of Christ. Hebrews 6, 1-2, and Pastor Kadi allows us to see this place of Scripture in a more elaborated format, a little bit <clears throat> in more depth, so that we not have questions or doubts of the importance and significance of the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. <clears throat> and so it sounds like this. Therefore, sprinkling yourself with the elementary teaching of Christ and clothing yourself with the armor of light, which consists in the rule of this teaching, we will then build ourselves into a house of God because it is not possible to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of the hands, resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. And so we see here the teaching of Jesus Christ, the elementary teaching, that is the old path of good, and the word old is not in the sense of a withered away or not necessary anymore or not good enough. Old path means eternal, the commandments and statutes by which God lives and that he has passed on to the Israelite nation and the, na the Israelite nation has passed on through Jesus Christ. These commandments he's passed on, they have passed on to us. This is the ancient path of good, the old path of good, and the Lord lives according to it, and we will also and do. 
And this teaching is presented to us in the, uh, <clears throat> the, the doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed and the measure of our faith, we already studied the doctrine of the baptisms in three functions, baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire, the doctrine of laying on of the hands in its three functions, the covenant of blood, salt, and rest, and the doctrine <clears throat> and why laying on of the hands has the covenant because Israel, to make a covenant, a contract, an agreement, they needed to uh, shed the blood of an innocent animal and put their hands upon this animal in this way. A person made a covenant with God and received forgiveness. And so that's why by Apostle Arkady, according to the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we saw the beauty of the teaching of laying on of hands in the three covenants, blood, salt, and rest. The other so-called apostles, leaders of mega churches, when they talk about laying on of hands, they apply this to healing and how to apply, put your hands upon other people and uh, heal and rebuke demons. That's all they understand when it comes to laying on of hands laying on of hands it's is talking about our relationship with God and not how to rebuke demons you see the difference go to a couple of different churches and ask this question what is laying on of the hands the doctrine of laying on of hands who will explain to you that this is the covenant of blood salt and rest which brings God rest and where we uh, where we rest with God and also the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead in the function of three births, birth from water, spirit, and to the throne. We also see here, you can also ask this question, why? In the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead includes, why does it include the births, water, spirit, and to the throne? <clears throat> As we heard Mary and Martha say in the Bible, we know that Lazarus will rise in the last day, they responded to Jesus. And so, this is talking about judgment, because in this case, when we were talking about Lazarus, he, he, resurrect, he resurrected from the dead at that time. And the three births, we receive salvation in the format of a seed so that we can receive it in the format of fruit, the fruit of righteousness. And if you receive it in the format of a grain or a seed, that means it needs to be planted. <clears throat> and so when you receive Jesus Christ, uh, you receive the grain, you need to plant it, and you need to understand what it means to plant the seed when you plant it, it dies, and we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and for our corrupt way of life, our destructive desires. And then we produce fruit, and in this fruit, we discover this very same seed that we had planted, but in this one, we already have the resurrection of life. <clears throat> When the Lord has done his work, he gives us a seed from his fruit. He gives me the seed. I need to plant it. And I need it to become life. 
how can I make this into fruit? And so with the Lord, how he was able to obtain this fruit is through the cross. And he takes from that fruit that he has produced. He's giving me a seed so I can plant. I make a covenant with him. I then fulfill his will. We will immediately turn to the study of the doctrine of the eternal judgment, which in scripture is a triumphant accord in the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ and contains three mutually linked levels of the will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, <clears throat> that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The good will, acceptable will, and perfect will. It is the component of the triumphant accord of the teaching of Jesus Christ. And why is the good, acceptable, and perfect will a component of the doctrine of the eternal judgment? We need to understand what these wills are and what functions they have. The functions of the will of God combined are identified in Scripture as first a work of righteousness in the works of justice and a work of, of sanctification in the acts of holiness, clothing a person into the armor of light demonstrated in the eternal judgment. <clears throat> you see in what way our pastor <clears throat> beginning to show the functions of the will of God, the uh, good, acceptable, and perfect will, he brought us from the will of God to the work of righteousness and the works of justice and then the work of sanctification and the acts of holiness, which then clothes us into the armor of light. And clothing our, being clothed into the armor of light is always judgment that carnal and religious people are afraid of. Why are they afraid? Because they have a demonic fear. There's the, the fear of men, non-Christian people, when they see holiness and beauty, God's beauty, they... Uh, they recognize it and are drawn to it, but religious people who are leaders who are often voted for or have placed themselves, carnal people who want to, some kind of position in churches that they don't have, they don't fly to they don't flock to the light, they don't fly to the light. When the light turns on, they scatter to their own holes. There's a different a difference between a a, say, a butterfly like a non-Christian person who is drawn to the light when he sees it. But there's another that when he sees the light, he runs away, he flees. They blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They say, this is the devil, this is Satan. And so it's interesting that they still flee and run. You would think that they'd want to confront and rebuke the, the demon as they teach in their churches, but they don't do this either. And so seeing the functions of the will of God, he brings us to the eternal judgment. And further, we will see, Pastor also shows that the will, the good will in the essence of a person is the concluding uh, moment or point in any kind of work of God. It, it is the one that fulfills or makes sure that the will of God is actually being fulfilled, becomes actual. And so when it's in my conscience, 
I take this word, I, I then take this word and renew my mind. And by renewing my mind, I confess it with my mouth then, what I've renewed my mind with. And I confess with my mouth by using my will. This allows me to do this so that it be then fulfilled. We see the result. It is the result that allows something to happen without our will that needs to collaborate with the will of God. Nothing will happen. We need to have our will. There's a saying, and actually it's a good saying, that there's a stone in, uh, laying in the way and, so, and the water can't, go, can't flow. And you need to move this stone so the water can flow. And you need your will. Uh, and it happens when we work in tandem with our mind, our will with our mind. But our mind needs to be in tandem with our spirit, and our spirit needs to be in tandem with the Word of God, the words of the messenger of God that is, that is preached. And so first I received the word from the anointed one into my heart. The second tandem, uh, the word that is done in my heart, I used to renew my mind. And the third is my mind begins to confess the word, three tandems, so that something can happen, so that you could lift then the stone, remove it, so that the water can flow freely. In the book of Revelations, it's written, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. Unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. God was, is, and will be the judge. God's judgment is in the eternal and unchanging character of God, which identifies his unchanging word. God can be judged by according to his unchanging words. And so when people say, upon what basis does he, uh, does this, he say this? It's not his own opinions. It's something he's reading from, directly from Scripture. But then they began to realize that he is reading this from Scripture and realize that they don't think this way. And they question uh, it because they themselves aren't preaching this or thinking that way. And so if Christians so easily pervert the scriptures, then they pervert God as a judge as well. He says that they say he will save everyone, and there's no way that God will not save any every sinner as well. And as you re- remember the story of the of the wealthy man, and Lazarus, the wealthy man did go to hell. He was not saved. But Lazarus did go to heaven. And so Lazarus was on, on the bosom of, of Abraham. And Abraham was correct, uh, was, was, embracing or hugging Lazarus and the wealthy man from hell was speaking trying to speak there will be two things that will they will people suffer from is the <clears throat> the fiery furnace but then also uh, knowing what is in heaven that they do not or and cannot be in or have 
And so the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem, consisting of the twelve precious foundations, the teaching of the eternal judgment demonstrated in the goodwill of God, is made of the precious chrysoprase stone. Revelations 21.20 The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Tenth foundation, chrysoprase. Chrysoprase is one of the most expensive varieties of chalcedony. The varieties of chalcedony from which the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem was made is also present on the breastplate of judgment of the high priest. <clears throat> Different variations of chalcedony, a beautiful stone. <clears throat> and it was at the, at the breast of the high priest. We can therefore conclude that when God will be building a relationship with man by the power contained in his good will, then he will be speaking to man by the means of the Urim and Thummim, the voice coming from the sacred mystery of the chrysoprase, which in the foundation presents the name of the apostle Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus. Matthew 10 to 3. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, 10th, Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus. Labius, whose surname is Thaddeus, is actually Judas, son of James. The name Judas or Jude means praise God or praise Yahweh. To praise God is to draw water of life from the well of your good heart, to quench both the thirst of God as well as your own thirst. The name James, a derivative of Jacob, as much as we know, means he is holding onto the foot, he will kick or jab, he will leave a footprint, he will protect, he will overcome. And so when it says he will kick or jab, these are people, and God at times uh, uh, allows these things. As Jesus did, if you don't eat my uh, flesh or drink my blood, you will not have life in yourself. And 70 people said, "This, these are foolish words, we, will, we don't like them, and they left. And the other disciples that remained were worried, and he said, don't worry, because these are uh, trees that my Heavenly Father did not plant. And these 12 that remained said, you have the words of eternal life, that's why uh, we remain. And that's how Jesus was able to determine them that they are uh, their sincerity uh, toward God towards God's words. And so sometimes the Lord gets rid of these types of trees early or people that He does not plant. Sometimes uh, they go later. And so even when Satan went into Judas, when he kissed Christ, he told him, in the ear, are you betraying a man with a, the son of man with a kiss? In Judas was Satan. And he showed Judas that he had done everything from his side. After these words, Judas hung himself. (laughs) 
therefore combined and together the name Judas and James means praising God, leaving your permanent print, and will serve as an eternal remembrance for heaven, earth, and hell in the factor of who God is for his nation of what God has done for his nation. And so the name again, Judas and James, combined. And Pastor was able to see this depth and revelation uh, of these two names combined. In a specific format, we already looked at the power contained in the names Judas, son of James, and therefore will immediately begin looking at the eternal judgment within the level of the goodwill. The goodwill, foundation 10, chrysoprase, <clears throat> and speaking of God's will, we know in Romans 12, 2, it's written that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians 5.17 Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what is the will of the Lord. And so to collaborate with God in building within our heart the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem, it is necessary for us to study the functions contained in the power of the goodwill, as well as the role that God has given for himself as well as for us. Before we begin studying the power contained in the level and boundaries of the goodwill, it is necessary for us to at least in short identify the will of man, which is called to collaborate with the will of God. Since we're talking about the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, we also have uh, our will inside of ourselves and the will that we have as people which is a component of our soul it needs to collaborate with God and so will is one of the aspects and qualities of the human soul a person has a mind a will and feelings and so the will is one of the aspects of the soul demonstrated in the ability to achieve or press for a placed goal. However, we need to note that the will of man can and is called to independently make a decision and choose the goal, but she is not called and is not able to independently achieve the chosen goal. <clears throat> this is amazing, What this is revolutionary what Pastor has said here. The will of man is called and canon is called to independently decide a goal and choose a goal, but it is not called and not able to independently achieve the chosen goal. To achieve the chosen goal, it is necessary to collaborate with the one who is this goal, which is God's will, the one who is behind this goal. And so we need to collaborate with God. To collaborate with God, we need to break up the fallow ground, as we talked about, to pull out all of the thorns and weeds so that we could sow the word of God and to collaborate with God. And to collaborate with God is when I know my role and I know God's role. And when I say that God helps only those who help themselves, this is the, where I'm deceiving myself. God helps the one who knows his own role and knows his role. How incredibly uh, people... Uh, can change up a certain truth and certain words uh, because unfortunately people who often will help themselves bring themselves to many problems God can help us but when we know our role 
to achieve the chosen goal, it is necessary to, to collaborate again with the one who is this goal and who is behind this goal. That is God. As Jesus did, as he had broken up the fallow ground. Luke 22, 42-43. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. This word, that the angel appeared from heaven, the Lord began to collaborate with him when when he said, not my will, but your be done. I understood the goal. And now my will will collaborate with your will, with your desires, with your interests, so that I can achieve this goal. And the Lord immediately sent to him his angel. In Gethsemane, there was an absolute collaboration of the Father and Son. Jesus, even till this time, collaborated with the Father, but in Gethsemane, he understood. He had approached that hour that God had talked to him about, and all of the horror was uh, seen by him, and it wasn't because he was going to be beaten, but because he never knew how to be without the Father. He didn't know what does it mean to be Satan, he didn't know what that meant and that he would become familiar with that today what it means without to be without the father without god and and to take the sins upon himself he wasn't afraid of being beaten and nailed but he was afraid of losing the father to collaborate with the will of God, it is necessary to reorient your will to God's will so that God's will would be our selection and our goal. The sovereign will of man always works in tandem with the mind of man, where the mind of man is playing the leadership role. I make a decision, but I need to have a clear mind when I'm making this decision, because when a uh, a person has human fear they uh, make decisions sometimes and they're uh, hasty they don't think them through God's will uh, is clear and and doesn't need a lot of um, thinking in a sense and so our mind uh, and so we need to focus on, again, the will of God. And our mind, of course, plays the re- a leadership role in this case where we make a decision to collaborate with God. This uh, needs to be a voluntary, a reasonable decision. Uh, and it needs to not be our emotions or feelings that, that make the decision, but our mind. The mind, in turn, is placed in dependence of the conscience of man, which demonstrates the abilities of the mind of his heart, functioning within the realm of the spirit. Therefore, when the conscience determines a verdict, our conscience, our spirit, determines a verdict, and using the intuitive channel, intuition also being a part of our spirit, it takes the word of God and passes it on the verdict to the mind. And so, when the Lord um, has a verdict, as soon as our conscience, where the teaching of Christ is written, determines a verdict, it using the intuitive channel, passes this verdict to the mind, then the mind in turn commands the will 
to make this verdict a reality or make the verdict happen. The word of God that's in our conscience, the conscience passes on to intuition, the intuition links our spirit with our soul, intuition gives passes on to the mind, the word that is in our conscience, and our mind then commands the will to fulfill what is supposed to be fulfilled. Here's a great example. Here's a wicked and lawless person walking. As you, usual, he begins to uh, gr- try to greet you or embrace you. Immediately, we have the information of the Word of God in our spirit that I can't communicate with someone like this. This revelation that's in my conscience, immediately through intuition, passes it on to my mind. My mind commands the will, do not stretch your hand out to this person, pass them by. You don't have the right to have fellowship with such people or even touch their clothing, and I pass by. See what's happened. In my conscience, I have the truth, the truth through the intuition. Within seconds, pass it on to this information to my mind, and my mind says, do not give your hand, uh, pass this person by. And so, a, a good example of this. Practically, whatever may happen in the essence of man, either in the creative or in the constructive plan, it is the will of man that is called to make all of these plans, projects, and decisions happen in both the positive as well as the negative sense. A person creating is created in the image and likeness of God, and furthermore, the will of God is that side of the godly hypostasis that fulfills or makes happen his will and decisions by the means of his judgments. And so it's the fulfilling authority. Therefore, not a single act or side in fulfilling the will of God is possible without judgment and vengeance. We need to know that the will of God, unlike the will of man, can never be taken captive and furthermore can never lose its sovereignty. The will of man can be, the will of God can't. It cannot lose its sovereignty. The the will of God never loses its sovereignty what God has said is what he wanted and not because we told him that it should it will be better this way and so if he speaks then we need to uh, focus on what he has said the sovereignty of God is especially shown in great power in his good will specifically in the good will where the covenant of blood is we see the sovereignty of God God wanted to save his sinners like this This is how God wanted to do it. He didn't ask, Daniel, what do you think? Should I do it this way? And today, you'll hear even rabbis uh, say that why didn't Yeshua come and ask if this should be done this way? We waited for him for something else. The Messiah. We did not wait for a shepherd or a lamb. Why was he born in a manger? When Herod asked, where is the king of the Jews to be born? They said, in Bethlehem, in Judea. And he said, what are you doing here? They said, well, we don't want him. King Herod, we're looking for a different one, different Messiah. We need independence from Rome, not to pay taxes, to be in control of money, and to sit on the thrones. We don't need a lamb. The lambs came and said, we'll make you free from sin, from the old man. And they said, we don't need him. We want the banks of the world. If you don't give it to us, we'll take it ourselves. We don't need him. 
and we need him. This body and blood. He did not counsel with us if this is the way it should happen. This is the way he decided to save us. Again, <clears throat> we see the sovereignty of God. It is especially shown in great power in his good will. This is it here, <clears throat> the cup and the bread. Talking about the good will, <clears throat> to, uh, there are three uh, identifiers of the good will. It is the good will is a will that is good and free, not dependent on any conditions coming from the sovereign entrails of God. It was the good and free and independent will of God in this body, in this blood. Second, the good will is identified as the goodness of God and is demonstrated in his favor toward man. Here he wanted to show uh, his children, I love you. I can't offer you anything more. I can offer you my son. Here's my body and his his body and his blood. And to have this happen, he needed to be killed. It won't just be a person like, for example, the Antichrist who will have blood in the body. He, Jesus said, for your sake, I will, I will kill him. And this is favor toward man. And third, the good will of God is a will that is demonstrated in the gift of grace as a result of the sacrificing love of God. Demonst- he demonstrated his sacrificing love through this good will. You cannot earn it or beg it out. You can only accept it as a good gift, as an unearned form of mercy. Otherwise, at the if we don't want to receive the will of God that is good as an unearned form of mercy, as a gift of his mercy. Otherwise, then at the first warning sound of the hammered silver trumpet, this good will will rise against us to fulfill the verdict of the eternal judgment for discrediting the good gift of God, which we decided to earn instead with good deeds. And the first time there was the sound of the trumpet, Uh, and so every time we try to earn our justi- our justification through fasting, evangelism, then we confront God and resist God. And the first that will rise against us is Judas. Matthew 3.17, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In whom I am well pleased is the goodwill in the Son. He came out as a judge and his goodwill led him to the cross where he condemned or judged the sin that is in the flesh destroyed the works of the devil crushed the bronze gate with power put to shame the stronghold of death and has triumphed triumphed over them with himself with his resurrection everything we read belongs to this bread and wine of the new covenant the stronghold had its citadel in the flesh and the goodwill with the armor of its sacrificing death, destroyed death, the reason for sin, and with his resurrection bore a person who received salvation to a new life, in addition brought life of the greatest order from God into the spirit of man, which until this time was in the state of death. The covenant of blood and the baptism of water in the name of Jesus Christ is the armor of the good will. Therefore, the good will, by the means of the baptism of water, once and for all, separated the spirit of man from eternal death and has declared it holy in Christ Jesus. 
we need to again note that when God will be doing something upon the level of His acceptable or perfect will, His good will will still always come first. God will never do anything in our life upon the level of the acceptable or perfect will until the, His good will is first satisfied. And when we go to heaven, it is specifically His good will that will be sung in the new song where He gave to us His only begotten and beloved Son to die. Revelations 5, 8 through 10. Now when He had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. We will never be able to please God unless we please the requirements of the goodwill. As Esther, who stood before Artisers and said, If I have found favor in your sight, and the second, if it is good to you, nothing will be acceptable or good for him without his favor. He needs any, you need to first obtain his favor. And you obtain his favor by showing that you have a strong foundation and you need to know who God is, what he's done for us, and how do you collaborate with God so that all the inheritance that is in Jesus Christ would become our own. Let's look at some of the components of the power contained in the goodwill. And so the uh, first of the components of the power contained in the goodwill in the 10th foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is identified in praise to God. Where the goodwill is, there's praise to God. Psalm 92, 1, 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. In the given situation, the good will is demonstrated in such worship and such a song that declares His loving kindness in the morning and His faithfulness every night. As we read, the symbol of the morning in our essence, indicating the start of the day, is the confession of the faith of God contained contained in our heart. And so if we have the confessions of the faith of our heart, we have this morning, the symbol of the night within our essence, declaring the truth of God in the night, is the faith and trust of our heart upon the mercy of God. The symbol of the night is trusting upon the word of God. Morning is confessing the faith of our heart, the confessing the word of God, and they work together. You can't have the night trusting upon the word if we don't have the day or the morning, if we don't confess the word of God. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to to do the will and his good pleasure. A person who receives salvation in the seat of the kingdom of heaven, but whose heart does not work in tandem with his mouth, 
will be blotted out of the book of life. Such confession only has the look of godliness, but does not have power of this godliness contained in the faith of his heart. Psalm 147.1 Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. And we can make a conclusion that the confessions of the faith of our heart is confession of our hope that is based upon hope. And so confessing the faith of our heart is confession, the confession of hope. We receive the word of God as a revelation into our heart. When it's in our heart, we begin to trust upon this word. When it's in our heart and when it trusts upon this word, then I begin to confess it with my mouth, the confession of hope. If there's no word of God, then I have nothing to hope upon. To be able to confess these words, I need to have the truth that is explained to me. And this is then in my heart, and I begin to turn the weight and put my weight upon this word, my trust, my reliance upon this word. Second component of the power that is contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is demonstrated in waiting on or trusting upon the name of the Lord. Psalm 52, 9. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. In the given situation, the goodwill is demonstrated in trust upon the name of the Lord, which is founded upon hope, testifying in our heart about who God is to us and what God has done for us. The phrase, I will praise you forever, speaks of the fact that that this praise will continue eternally and that this praise does not have an end. And we will remember that the object of our trust identifies our worship and our God. Hebrews 10, 36 Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God you may receive the promise. An insufficiency or lack of confidence is an insufficiency insufficiency of knowledge of who God is to us and what he's done for us and this insufficiency or lack of is seen when strong winds come against our salvation and rivers of various false teachings come against it in addition to loss of possession health and our good name and then our worship becomes rebellion resentment and discontent and we forget what God has done for us when he brought us out of Egypt and we begin to accuse the messengers of God of lying to us and that they did not bring us into the land where milk and honey flow and the bones of our trust then fall in the wilderness before the face of God and for those who have known the goodwill of God demonstrated in who God is for them and what God has done for them when strong winds come against their salvation and strong waters come against it they respond by releasing a fragrant aroma in the form of praise of their trust. Like the most beautiful of women, Songs of Solomon 4.16, Awake, O north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant, pleasant fruits. And so, one, the wind flows. They begin to rebel. The other, the wind flows, the same wind uh, uh, blows and they uh, began to diffuse aroma fragrance 
because they know who God is for them, what he's done for them. Third component of the power contained in the goodwill and the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is presented in grain, which makes young men thrive, and new wine, the young women. Zechariah 9.17 For how great is its goodness, and how great is its beauty! Grain shall make the young men thrive, and new wine, the young women. <clears throat> Understandably, these words are a metaphor. The young men and young women is the state of the human heart. First, this is the male and female primary that is the ability to confess the faith of your heart with your mouth. Confessing the seed of the word of God is the male. The ability to be fertilized with the seeds of the word of God within your heart is the female. And second, the one and the other are virgins, which indicates their undamaged faith contained within their heart. Grain, about which it is written, is the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ, representing the old path of good. Wine is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we can conclude then that the Urim and Thummim in the form of grain and wine is in those who have the ability to receive the word, whose heart is cleansed from dead works, and not when receiving the word, they don't peddle or damage it. This is a person who has these young women and young men able to receive the word of God into a cleansed heart from dead works and confess the word, not damaging it. This is the grain and the wine. Fourth component of the power contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is hope, making us courageous and strengthening our heart. Psalm 27, 11 through 14. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We continue to see this goodness in all these places of scripture we keep reading. That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In the given situation, the goodwill is demonstrated in the faith of the heart, which includes a person seeing the demonstration of this will in goodness upon the land of the living. An example of such faith was Job. Let's see how Job uh, collaborated with God in his trials, in his difficulties that he experienced. Job 19.25-27 For I know that my Redeemer lives, Job says, and he shall stand at, at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I, sh I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, not another, how my heart yearns within me. It is nowhere else that with such power and might is the essence of the authority of redemption contained in the goodwill presented. And so in such trials, we know then the goodwill within ourselves. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. Why? Because the goodness of the Lord on the earth is in the land of the living. 
and not the eyes of another, but my eyes will see. Job to see this beauty of the goodwill. Uh, God needed to test Job to see that if the goodwill is there and how it will demonstrate itself inside of him. And he says, I know my Redeemer lives. And to be able to say that I know means that it wasn't based upon feelings. Uh, and when we're born again, we receive the goodwill. We feel we are joyful, we're happy, but then a real life hits and a person begins to rebel. But as he says that I know my Redeemer lives, showing that he has the goodwill and I stand upon it. This component of the power contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is the rod and staff of God with which he comforts his children when walking through the valley of the shadow of death and by which he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Psalm 23, 4-6 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it is the goodwill by the means of the power that is contained and provides the opportunity to not fear evil. The symbol of the valley of the shadow of death is the time when evil governs or rules over us in the form of, form of our enemies as the stronghold of death. And so we can conclude here that we can keep ourselves within the goodwill by abiding in the house of the Lord, where the word of God in the mouth of his messengers is presented, and it's presented in the form of the rod and the staff. And so the rod, this is the real word, and staff as the uh, word of a pastor. And so the gospel is the good news and he speaks this good news through his messengers and is again always in the form of the rod and staff rod as the royal word and staff as the word of a shepherd as you know when a sheep would fall in a hole or another place he would be able to take the staff and pull out the sheep with that staff And so again, the rod and staff. And so it's not that you only just have the staff where you would be able to help your sheep and, but the rod is also given as a, uh, the royal word that's given. The truth that will be able to lift me up. And they will, as it says in in this place of scripture that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sixth component of the power contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is identified in fulfilling the commandments of the Lord. We need to 
uh, go from word to to action. We confess the word of God so that this word can be fulfilled. We fulfill the commandments of the Lord. Daniel 9, 5 through 7. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled. Even by departing from your percepts and your judgments, neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you. The true judgment of God was called to bless us, to protect us, but our will needs to collaborate with the will of God. And the prophet says here that we did not listen and we did not follow your commandments and you have judged us justly and fairly. God's judgments were not given, again, to punish us and to beat us. It was to seat us upon the throne to give us rewards and not to have to listen to judgments against us. And so you say someone needs to punish. Yeah, we need to punish ourselves. We need to uh, judge ourselves. We need to have this judgment of Christ in ourselves and judge ourselves accordingly. And uh, and so we are punishing ourselves and the Lord sees this and he won't need to. And seventh component of the power contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is identified in the ability to keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Psalm 34, 12 through 16. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? And so the word good to collaborate with the goodwill of God. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Matthew 12:37. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. How important it is to confess the word that is within our heart and by confessing the word of and not confess the word that is not the faith of our heart and not in our heart sometimes holy people come uh, they become perplexed in a way they they get confused do they say so I put I pray I thank God I confess the word of God do I, I don't know, is this the faith of my heart or not when I'm saying it? And a person says, I become afraid. What, am I, what if I'm doing wrong? What if I'm speaking idle words? You need to understand that there are two ways. First, when we receive the word of God, we deposit this into our bank. And this is hope in our heart. And there's the word of God that we confess when we are taking then from the bank. If you are children of God and you are in God's order, you won't be speaking words of unbelief. You make the deposit or withdraw depending on the time of your confession. And we do all this using our tongue. 
our tongue the size of a bank card to be able to put something upon our account, we take the word of God and we confess it using this tongue. And I then put this into the bank of my hope. And how do you differentiate whether I deposit or withdraw? God knows. I collaborate with Him at what time you're doing which one. And so when someone's confessing, you don't, you, need, you don't need to ask, is this the faith of your heart? If this sister goes to church, she values the word, and she's not going to confess something that's not, not the faith of her heart. She's making a deposit into her heart at the moment. And so we need to confess the word of God and not be silent. There's a difference between uh, making a deposit again, I confess, or when you begin to say, Lord, thank you for this promise, maybe according to your word. When Mary said this, what did she do? She used her bank card so that she could put the revelation into her spirit, maybe according to your word. And then she began to magnify, may my soul magnify God. What has happened? She's taking from her account. She made a deposit and she took from her account. And further, Pastor offers for us to look at uh, the, the conditions upon the basis of which we are called to collaborate our will with the good will of God. And so, the, there are components, but they all include some sort of conditions. There's something we need to do. Uh, we don't need to pay God for these things, but we need to do certain, take certain steps I can't say, Lord, how much can I pay you for this uh, body and blood? You can't. This is a gift of grace. But to be able to take part in this gift of grace, we need to be able to prepare ourselves. Or, And so during the time of our t- uh, taking part in this communion, we can go through some of these, uh, some of these seven uh, uh, that include conditions. Uh, things we need to do to be able to collaborate with his good will. I invite now everyone to this place, all those who would like to confirm the will of God, the good will. It is confirmed when we repent. We come to this place and we repent. We acknowledge God's authority. We acknowledge what God has done for us. We acknowledge the path by which we receive justification. It is not me who thought of it or our pastor. Uh, the, the pastor, he repeats after the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the only way we're able to receive and keep his goodwill, and that's through repentance. When we repent before God and when we receive justification, and upon this place we will receive both forgiveness and justification. We wait for you, for you here at the altar.
am going to be praying our prayer. And I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved you with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption so that he can protect us, so that he can stand between us and our enemies, so that he can lift us up to his level. uh, Close your eyes, lift your hands to God. This is your preparedness to receive from the Lord without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation. I open up my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that that I reject. I come to you with my dependence, with sin that I'm bound with, illnesses, fears, dishonor, and a pampered dignity. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, and protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you. May, with noise, the old man be thrusted out from within your body, and in its place may the stronghold of life be erected, life and resurrection. May this be upon you and upon your children, and the nation shall say, Amen. Let us hear the word of God standing. 1 Corinthians 11:23-32 For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may, we may not be condemned with the world. Please be seated. <clears throat> The scriptures say that we need to meditate about the 
we need to discern the Lord's body. What that means is understand what the Lord wanted through His Son, Jesus Christ. He wanted to save our spirit, soul, and body so that He can make them His own lot. And by making them His own lot, He can then save us. In the good will, the Lord saves us. Saves in us. And it's not just salvation just for our soul, but our spirit and body. And we need to understand the essence of our body that the Lord wants to use the confessions of our mouth, our body, for the salvation of our whole essence. That without our confessions, without our body, the spirit will not be able to do anything. And so for God to use our body and our confessions, utilize the members of our body as our tongue, uh, that means our body needs to be his lot. Our lot <clears throat> and the Lord's lot is our spirit, soul, and body. And when we know it's God's lot, that our body is not the lot of worms or something else, this, or, or aging, or the lot of withering away, wilting, but or that of weakness. You may see these symptoms, but inside you need to know that the lot of the body is God. It's God's lot, and it's healing. And we understand this. We say, Lord, my body is your lot, even though I'm in weakness. This allows God to use our mouth to confess the faith of our heart. But if we treat our body as uh, something secondary and not necessary, the Lord will not listen to the words of anything we say because our body is not His lot. And it becomes His lot by knowing the truth that the body is a precious thing for God. Do you, do you think that He paid the price of Himself for the redemption of our body and we don't have the right to speak negative about the body, negative things about the body of our body and the body of others, uh, other members. And so everything my body says, don't listen. Uh, But we utilize our body specifically to confess the word of God. We say, Lord, thank you that your lot is not just my spirit and my soul, but your lot is my body. As Job said, I know my Redeemer lives and that this body He will change this skin. He will restore. Let's now stand and we will pray for the bread. Please stretch out your right hand and we will pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus Christ in the form of this bread when it shall be passing by your people and we will eat of it. May the might of your life come and may it conquer death and curses within our body may our bodies be healed by eating of this bread taking of this bread thank you father for the healing of our body and we worship before you our great god son and holy spirit amen and he had taken the bread he broke it and said take eat this is my body broken for you do this in remembrance of me Please be seated, and the road that is approached, please stand, and 
serve one another. And while we eat of the bread, we, let's look at some of those conditions, components that contain conditions of working with the goodwill. First component of the power contained in the goodwill in the 10th foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is obtained by searching and finding a wise or good wife. Proverbs 18.22 he, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. We can't have, we don't have the right to the goodwill if we have not received favor from the Lord in the form of a good wife. How important it is to find this virtuous wife, how important it is to find this church, this church that corresponds to the parameters of the virtuous wife and is the chosen by God remnant. This is the first condition for us to collaborate with his goodwill. The second component of the power contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is obtained by those who have a wise heart. Proverbs 16, 20 through 22. He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart will be called prudent, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of fools is folly. And so we need to find good, and we find this good in the wisdom that we receive from God. And as we heard, a person cannot see the collaboration of his spirit with the spirit of God because a person is always trying to fulfill God's role. And for us not to fulfill God's role, we need to have wisdom. And the person who has found wisdom has found good. And wisdom is that I know God's role and I know my role. God's role is in this bread and wine. He's done everything from his side. And now my role is to receive what God offers to me upon his conditions. I don't earn my salvation. I receive it, the salvation freely. And now I begin to pay the appropriate price because I am righteous and I don't try to earn it. First often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. third component of the power contained in the goodwill in the 10th foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is obtained by the collaboration of our mind with the wisdom of God Proverbs 8, 12 20 and 21 I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth that I may fill their treasuries and so the good to find the treasure in this goodness and how do you find it when wisdom will dwell with prudence
and this wisdom is in our heart. It is reflected as in, in a mirror. And so every time we renew our mind with the spirit of our mind, we showed, Lord, that we have wisdom in the form of your word, in the form of your teaching. And that truth, the teaching that's in my heart, is the mind of Christ. What is what what is between my ears is my mind, but and it needs to be renewed. It needs to be renewed with the mind of Christ. And where's the mind of Christ? It is what's between my shoulders. The mind of Christ is between my shoulders. It is in my heart, in the form of wisdom and the form of teaching. The mind of Christ again between my shoulders the my, my mind between my ears and now I incline my ear before his word and I say Lord I want to have the right to your wisdom and that your wisdom be within my mind let us now stand up and pray for the cup let's stretch out our right hand and pray together Heavenly Father we thank you for the cup of the new covenant that is poured out for the forgiveness of sins when it shall be passing by your people and we will drink of it may the might of your life come and conquer death and swallow up death in our bodies and in our souls we thank you that you have blotted out our sins before your face and have redeemed us from the sinful conduct that had been passed on to us from our parents we worship before the cup of the covenant our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen please be seated and that road that is approached, please stand and continue to serve one another. Fourth component of the power contained in the goodwill in the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is obtained by learning. We continue talking about in what way we have the right to collaborate with God in his goodwill. And what we're eating right now is this good will of God this is his desire and although it is given to us freely by his grace in his redemption we need to uh, we need to fulfill specific uh, components or specific uh, conditions as it were to be able to receive it freely and it's not something that you pay pay with with your wallet it's something you prepare yourself for if we do something, some kind of good work, some kind of mercy, uh, we don't earn, we don't we don't pay for it. We do it because we're children of God, and it's natural for us to do these things as children of God. And so, Psalm one nineteen seventy one: It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes fifth component of the power contained in the goodwill and the tenth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem is obtained by using prayer words that are directed to God and are contained upon his lips Hosea 14 2 14-2-3 take words with you and and return to the Lord say to him take away all iniquity receive us graciously for we will offer the sacrifice of our lips Assyria shall not save us, we will not ride on horses, nor will we say any more to the we say any more to the works of our hands, you are our gods, for it is for in you the fatherless finds mercy. And so we pray the word of God that we receive by being instructed in faith, confessing the faith of our heart. 
sixth component of the power contained in the goodwill, it is called to open up the treasury of good for those who obeyed their parents in the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. It's also noted in the book of Romans. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first com- commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Honor your father and mother, the first commandment with promise. And how do you honor them? Sometimes parents say, you need to honor me. And Apostle Paul said how to honor them. You need to obey your parents, but only in the Lord. First often you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And we only do this until he comes and we see him here. Or we see him on the clouds. But while we haven't seen him, he is in our heart. We continue to do this. We proclaim him until he comes. He's going to come for the church so that he can then bring his church before the face of the Father. And so again, to obey your parents is something you could do only in the Lord or honor your parents. Is something your father and mother. Parents often say to me, honor your father and mother, says in the Bible. Yeah, but the scriptures also say to honor your father and mother that are in the Lord. Obey them, those that are in the Lord. We need to understand to be, we need to be in the Lord to be able to claim uh, obedience or, or to expect it. Seventh component of the power contained in the goodwill is called to collaborate with those who trust upon the Lord, seek Him, and wait for salvation from Him. If there's anyone who may have been accidentally passed by, if not, I will ask everyone to stand and we'll finish with our manifestation. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. <laughs>